hoping this weekend I'll have time to do some part shopping. Because I feel like once I get a 4K fucking, or pick out a 4K uh, video card for my desktop rig anyways, it's going to start that fucking cascade anyhow. You're, yeah, I, so. well, eh, the 40 set, like that, that chipset's still Gen 3, so like it would still pick still up like PCI, a modern. PCI Express 2.0? It's, oh, are you on 2? I think, yeah. I could have swore that was a 3.0 slot on that machine, but it's been a while since I've been running it. Uh, it might be a 2. This Mine's a 3 now. 5's out now. You can get 5's on chipsets now. Jesus. Uh, but four, 4 is definitely, like, on AMD side, 4 is very, like, commercially viable right now. My major um, concern, I think I've got to check. I've got to check and, like, make sure that the physical graphics card won't be too long for my uh, unit, because... My, because the issue I've had with this one is like it, it kind of blocks some of the SATA ports on the on the motherboard. Well, you're also gonna have to find a graphics card, like yeah. There, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not shopping exist. high end. I'm no, not shopping but high end like Tim, you are. I'm like mid Tim, mid range. Even the thirty, high. yeah, that's you want like a thirty sixty or thirty seventy. Trust yeah. me, they don't exist either. Like nothing exists right now. It's fucking. I would have bought if I could have got a 3080 Ti when they came out last week. I would have, but I, I got completely shut out. And then I tried again for the 3070 Ti that came out yesterday and got completely blown out again. So like, Oof. like there's no silicon out there at all right now. Is even uh, like the last gen still available or anything? No, or? fuck me. Yeah, it's it's fucking. It's like I'm telling you, last gen stuff. Like I, uh, if I was a more cavalier person, I would have bought a 2080 Ti like when I built this machine and like we fucking resold it at this point because i would have made like three grand on it basically Jesus. like even last gen's stuff like even my 2060 like the 2060 ko in here which is basically like a a 2070 theoretically down clock but with an overclock to make it basically a 2070 kind of thing mm-hmm. it like if i put that on the market right now i could get 1500 bucks for it i bought it for fucking 400 dollars last year Jesus. like the market is fucked 100 different ways from mm-hmm. sunday like if I could so. get my hand on a, on a last gen one or something like that, then I would just use it in my main system for now, and then just move it to my media center once for what? I could get a newer one. I think for what you're doing right now, if you're looking at a system that has an AGPU to start, like you're only running one monitor, right, for the most part. No, I run two monitors on you know, my desktop. Two? Yeah, yeah. only one the, of them's a 4K monitor though; the other's 1080. Yeah, see, like my a lot of like what a lot of people are suggesting now is like if you're gonna start building new stuff, like you can probably get a chip. Like I've been seeing 5800Xs, like that chip that I've been recommending to you as your new base kind of thing, mm-hmm. that AMD chip. But even the uh, the new 10 and 11 series uh, Intel machines, if you want to stay Team Blue, like they're more readily available and they have a like a integrated GPU on them. Not something that like you would want to game on, but for running desktop stuff, it would be fine. Yeah, kind of thing until you could find a GPU. Because, yeah, yeah. like I said, trust me, nobody's hunting harder than me, and I can't get shit unless I go scalping, <laughs> and it's like $4,000 to buy a decent graphics card. Yeah, the only gaming that I really do on PC at all these days is occasionally playing Lord of the Rings Online, and it is not, like, process. I mean, it's an ancient game, although they have made periodic updates to it, but the engine itself is is old. The graphics engine itself is old. Your biggest uplift will be... And I know you don't want to do a clean install, but like if you go with a chipset that you can put an NVMe drive on the motherboard, get some fast RAM and a decent processor, that'll solve a lot of problems. Well, um, even if I have to get a new system drive, like I could 
Um, I've done this before. I could just image, it. yeah, I could clone yeah. or, you know, image the, my current system drive onto the new system drive and oh, then yeah. do a repair install. And you will it, be amazed how quickly a clone occurs between SATA over into NVMe <laughs> because it is fucking fast. So there's definitely that. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Uh, like right now in terms of buying hardware, I don't recommend anybody try and buy fucking anything. Cause like the graphics cards are like impossible to get. Uh, it's looking like, most of this year's a write-off, so uh, and like, trust me, I'm the, like, you know how hard I've been looking for silicon yeah. for me, right? Like, it's it's dodgy Brutal. as fuck. We need we, somebody needs to invent like chips that don't need silicon because that's the fucking hold up right now. Well, it's it's like Intel has been talking about releasing GPUs, which I feel like would be might help like the lower end market a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I like they're they're still talking about it, and I haven't. I, I've seen people who have gotten their hands on silicon and like actually used it, but they're like it's not commercially ready kind of thing yet. Like they're still mm-hmm. testing it. So I'm like, man, it'd be really nice because Intel's got their own fabs, right? Like they're not relying on TSMC like AMD and NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. Are. So if they have their own fabs and they're producing graphics hardware, that means there is at least graphics hardware getting out into the market, which would hopefully help some of the glut kind of thing. Like you mm-hmm. know. Not everybody needs a 3080 Ti or a 3090 or, you know, whatever. So enough of us do that it's making it fucking impossible to get one, basically. Anyway, so that's uh, <laughs> this week's edition of Hardware Nerd Talk. Uh, we're just going to get started now. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode 255. I'm Mark. I am here with Tim. We've been rambling about video cards for five minutes, so. Yep, I, my geek boner is very large right now. Yeah, well. That's good. I'm glad I have you on cam so I can see it. <laughs> Only from the waist up. Only from the waist up, listeners. I'm not uncomfortable. That doesn't mean you can't see it, though. To, I mean, <laughs> I don't kiss and tell. You know what I mean? So let's <laughs> let's just move along into the like. We just get started. Then I don't. I was going to ask you how you're doing, but I was like, I'll pervert it, so I'm fine now. Yep. I don't need to know how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, let's start right into the news because I'm going to make you start. There's a Lord of the Rings anime that's going to be <laughs> happening. I read the the news story and it went into my eyes and right out the other side which (laughs) yeah so it's it is an actual anime unlike the like 70s 80s bakshi animated lord of the rings and hobbit adaptations but it is called uh, lord of the rings war of the rohirrim it is being done by new line and warner animation um new line being the people and well these are basically the you know production companies that did the uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. So there is still some goodwill there. There's no voice casting or anything like that. It is based on a character from the appendices, Helm Hammerhand, who is the, the king of Rohan and who Helm's Deep is named after. So it's set like 250 years before the events of Lord of the Rings. So we'll, uh, yeah, it's not particularly a story that has a lot of details in the book so they'll have some freedom to kind of tell whatever story they want which is maybe not great although the people that are putting making this animated movie it's a kamiyama and uh, they've done stuff like the blade runner black lotus anime before and one of the ghost in the shell ones as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Uh, they've done the new Ultraman too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and then there was somebody. There, I think the writers are from Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. And but somebody from the original Lord of the Rings movie is going to be like consulting or something on it. From according to the who's this 
Philippa Boyens. Philippa Boyens, uh, yeah, she was one of Peter Jackson's like producing partners for okay. the uh, for the original movies. So we'll see. I mean, it's definitely interesting, and and I think that there's cool things that could be done with anime in a Tolkien setting. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, assuming it's not like eight hours long, I'll watch it. So. I mean, for me, it's just like. Hey, an anime and an IP that I'm fucking invested in. So, like, maybe this is a gateway drug for me into more anime. Probably not, but at least I'll watch this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll look at it because it'll probably be animated. Wow. See, it's because they keep saying Warner Animation and their response for those DC movies. I'm a little hesitant to be like, I am on board for this right away. But yeah. I'll well, give them the benefit of the doubt. It's not the same production house, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, thank it's not, God. Yeah. So, either way, uh, lots of animated news this week, though. We got the first trailer for Masters of the Universe Revelations, so Kevin Smith's relaunch of the He-Man cartoon from our 80s whatever nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that first trailer came out this week, and it I mean, it looks slick as fuck. I'm I'm on board to watch it whenever that... It's July 3rd, 23rd, I believe they said that's launching. Yeah, pretty pretty soon. So, yeah, I mean... I'm not He-Man's not like really a big thing for me. If this gets good reviews, I'll probably give it a shot. Otherwise, I might skip it. We'll see. It's just He-Man's hard for me to get on board with because it's like the fucking character models are just so fucking goofy. Yeah, no, it's all dumb, but I'm just kind of on board because it's like Kevin Smith's producing it. And like, I like the cast. The cast is like, it's Mark Hamill, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Lena Headey, Henry Rollins is in it for some reason. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) It's on Netflix. It doesn't cost you shit to sit down and watch 25 minutes of the first one kind of thing. So I'm like, I'll True. probably sit down and watch a bit of it. Like, what else do I have to do at this point? So, yeah, that wasn't the only thing they announced. It was just the most recent or like the, the most the biggest. Like, it's kind of the biggest thing that's coming up right like immediately kind of thing. But they also announced. So Zack Snyder's uh, now that he's got his deal with Netflix. We'll see if he can do some burned out pixels in an animated form. Apparently, he's <laughs> will be doing a an animated show for netflix either i think is it a movie or is it just a show oh the uh the norse god one it doesn't seem to specify it's just it says project so i'm like whatever but it's got quite the little cast on it uh sylvia hoax from blade runner 2049 john noble from fringe is in there uh lord of the rings and lord of the rings that's right yeah sorry peter stormare lauren cohen from walking Mm -hmm. dead so it's got like a cast of people so like good for them yeah I guess. Although, as we may be discussing tonight, a a good cast of voice actors does not a great series make. No, 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 no. But, like, an adequate series it can make, so hopefully (laughs) we'll see what happens. A new version of Mobile Suit Gundam has been announced, which I'm sure makes Paul very, very happy. That's something he would be into. (laughs) Um, I will always look at those in terms of just, like, drawing mecha. I love looking at that stuff in terms of just like yeah like they look good so that's always up my alley we are getting a third and final season sadly i guess that's it they're only doing three seasons of six episodes for this transformers thing i'm Mm -hmm. so disappointed in how this turned out but either way (laughs) kingdom has been announced and i they haven't haven't given us a date oh no july 29th so it comes out like the week after he man he man so it's gonna be like back-to-back he man trans like 80s nostalgia bomb on uh, netflix in july so there's that i did watch i did finish earthrise i liked it better than siege yeah same like it because more things happened than in siege which was pretty fucking slow but yeah it was was better not like blow me away amazing but i enjoyed it it was fun to it 
No, the Transformers, the movie from 1986, remains the best piece of Transformers <laughs> media to this day. So I don't know what that says about the fucking franchise at this point, but that's still the best piece. I guess piece. it means that the, the, the new versions just need more hair metal. I, I Honestly, I don't know why they shy away from it at this point. You just go for it. <laughs> fucking buy into it. Just get Cybertronic Spree to do your soundtrack. and It was like 10 years of uh, Linkin Park songs for those uh, Michael Bay Ooh. movies. Ooh, don't remind me. It was rough. Yeah, there's nothing like budget Deftones to get me through a Michael Bay movie. You know? So, oops, did I say that out loud again? Jesus, that's I'm a horrible person. Anyway, accurate. It's accurate though. You think about it, it's accurate. Anyway, I mean, you're not going to get any more Lincoln Park though. So there's no, that. that's true. But we will. We could still get Deftones. Yeah. So there's that. Either way, there's another Godzilla show, which it looks like it's a sequel to the last one, which I did watch bits and pieces of, pieces of. So I may look at that. The last big one was they. They seem to be doing a Resident Evil thing. It's called Infinite Darkness. So we'll see if that's actually tied into the games or whatever that is. There've been other resident evil animated series, aren't there though? Anime ones and stuff like that. I'm sure there have been like direct to DVD things that I've just never seen. They've never done anything for like Netflix before. Yeah. yeah. Like a series kind of thing. So this is a new venture for them. Yeah. So that's like lots of animated news from Netflix today. Saved the news this week. Cause like, man, there wasn't (laughs) a lot to talk about aside from that stuff. So the the other thing we've got news, our favorite show, or sorry, I should say our favorite show because not, Better Call Saul, but our favorite comedy, Letterkenny, uh, <laughs> has announced they are back-to-backs shooting uh, season, I think it's 10 and 11. Yep. Concurrently right now. The cast is in Sudbury and look like they're having a blast. And they've also announced the spinoff, which... It's I don't, just an absolutely mind-boggling spinoff. Yeah, so they're doing a Shorzy spinoff, and I, I don't know... I don't know. You know, like, I don't know how they do that, so I'll... Give your fucking balls a chug, Queso! T- yeah, tit fucker, I guess. I don't know, like... <laughs> We'll have to see how that turns out because uh, the character that never shows his face is played by your main lead and, you know, yeah, is like, like basically an unrepentant asshole is not exactly a show about uh, that I want to watch right away. And presumably they're not going to have like they're not going to bring over a whole bunch of the main cast members. So it's gonna, yeah, like they're going to try and build a new fucking cast of characters <sighs> around Shorzy and I don't fucking know. We'll see what happens. Shorzy, Shorzy's good in small doses. I I, don't know. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what my my first thought was. I'm like, I really like Shorzy when he shows up for 30 seconds per episode and <laughs> like makes fun of the hockey players and then he's yeah. gone again. Yeah, just fucking chirps the shit at everybody. Yeah, when he's in there too much, it gets to be like too much basically really yeah. fast. So yeah, my, my comparison in our chat was uh, as if the they did a George Steinbrenner spinoff of Steinfeld where, yeah. he, where the, that character is funny in small doses and you never see his face, but how the fuck are you going to make a whole fucking show around them? I don't know. That's exactly it. Like, I don't know. They must have an idea. Cause they wouldn't, I, I can't imagine they'd have pitched it with no idea, but like right now it's breaking my brain a little bit how they're going to do it. But I mean, good for them, like expanding the franchise and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah. it's always nice to hear Canadian stuff doing that well because like, they're on Hulu now in the States and that's kind of who's funding a lot of this now. So, mm-hmm. but they just left them to just make it however they want. So we'll see if the quality holds up. I didn't despise season nine. So we'll see yeah. how all that works out. We've got some casting news for She-Hulk that just came out right at the end of today that I'm very excited about. Apparently, oh, yeah. Jamila, yeah, Jamila Jamil will be joining She-Hulk as the villain. I don't know anything about who she's going to be playing. I don't care. I'm just excited <laughs> to have her on my show because she's fucking amazing. Mm, I mean, yes, but last, I mean, we we very in very recent memory have a situation where a comedian playing a villain in a big superhero property did not go so well. 
Who are you talking about right now? Cheetah. Kristen Wiig. Uh, I'm going to fucking veto you mentioning that based on it not being a Marvel property and being on the other side of the street and in a movie that they literally couldn't do anything right in, (laughs) even if they fucking tried, apparently. So, yes, I do agree that, like, the last time they did this, not great, but it's also, like, (laughs) we'll see. Not DC doing it. I do like Jamila Jamal. So, So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I had the same, like, that thought occurred to me also, but then I remembered that uh, Marvel doesn't fucking fuck things up like that usually has marvel i'm trying to remember if marvel's cast any comedians in villain roles uh i mean ben kingsley is occasionally a comedian i mean he's not always (laughs) (laughs) jesus that's a fucking stretch uh i don't know he's pretty funny when he does cameos on like the sopranos and shit so there is (laughs) that i'm trying to think probably not wasn't even really the villain of that movie i mean jeff daniels sometimes is a comedic that's true true. Uh, That, that one will give you trying to think who oh god who played the bad guy in iron man 2 not mickey rourke but the other guy i mean he's mostly like plays comedy roles i can never remember his name but i love him worthington right sam worthington no rockwell sam rockwell god damn it why can i never remember his name sam rockwell is usually a comedian i'm trying to think of villains in other marvel movies at this point i mean keaton i guess has done some comedic stuff as well but keaton goes back and forth yeah absolutely um just spitballing I don't know. I just, I, it's, I didn't, it didn't trip me up because it wasn't DC doing it. So like, I was like, I'm fine with that. Did we talk about the Spider Verse two casting? Like that Issa Rae had been cast as Spider Woman. No, that that happened. I think just after we recorded last week. So Issa Rae has been cast as Spider Woman in Into the Spider Verse two, which is very exciting because it just means they're adding more spiders to the cast and stuff. <laughs> to so the verse. Yeah, and that's Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, who will be in there, and Issa Rae. Best known for creating and starring in the HBO show Insecure. Which I've heard good things about, but have not really up my alley. Yeah, same. So, good. I, I'm i just excited to see Jessica Drew in the Spider-Verse, because that would be fun as shit. And that costume's awesome, so it'd be cool to see it animated. Christina Ricci's going to be in The Matrix. That, I think, is... That, that fits for me. Like, I can see her in that world. Yeah. Yeah, she's got that kind of, like, big-eyed, like, almost could-be-fake kind of person looking. I could, I could dig it. Rob Zombie is making a Monsters movie. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that one. If he's going to make it like real grungy fucking horror or if he's going to try and keep sort of the the more fun, lighthearted vibe of the original Monsters show. I don't fucking know. I don't have the investment. Like, I have a lot more investment in the Addams Family than I do in the Monsters. Oh, yeah, agreed. Just like whenever I hear, I, I like Rob Zombie well enough. Maybe not as a filmmaker so much. Like I kind of like him more as a musician. But I mean, you know, it's it. His fucking like horror movies are always at least a fun sit. Like shit, like yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff like that. I can sit there and enjoy that and like have fun with it just as a gore fest. Yeah, they are pretty sh- like they're fun schlock. I guess there's mm. that. So I guess yeah. I don't know. I'll, like we'll see how this turns out. I have no idea. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up because it just like it's. I mean, it's not worlds colliding really because like the monsters and Rob Zombie kind of makes sense, yeah. but it's just like he, he's known for making movies that are not. In theory, this would be a family friendly affair, and like I just can't see Rob Zombie making something that's not like almost triple X or NC seventeen <laughs> or whatever. It can't be worse than that fucking mockingbird lane like dramatic cw kind of monsters reboot that they tried to do i don't know maybe like 10 years ago now i have no recollection of that whatsoever so i will take your word for it it was bad fair enough stranger things has 
added four cast members for next season. And also a, they've given, oh, why can I not remember her name again? I'm like the worst tonight. L. Yes. No. No. Maya Hawk. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. They've given Maya Hawk a podcast to do like the aftermath podcast. But so, yeah, the... Mm. They added four people to the cast full time, and I'm trying to find the names. So uh, Amy Beth McNulty, Miles Truitt, Regina Ting Chen, and Grace Van Dien. I don't know what they're going to be in the thing. They did keep... actually announce who who everybody's going to be playing. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm just going to read. I'm going to read right from the io9 article. McNulty yeah. plays Vicky, uh, a cool, fast-talking bandit who catches the eye of one of our heroes. Truett is Patrick, a Hawkins basketball star who has friends, talent, and a good life until shocking events send his life spiraling out of control. Ting Chen is Miss Kelly, a popular guidance counselor. And Van Diem is Chrissy, Hawkins high lead cheerleader and most popular girl in school. That's not even from io9. Like, that's straight from the fucking press release. Is that release, from them? Because that's yeah. what every okay. news well, outlet I mean, ran with were those character descriptions. Yeah, so, like, that sounds like... I mean, I don't know what I, if I even care about Stranger Things anymore. But I was <laughs> when I was putting the news together, like, this seemed like actual news. And then it became less and less. Like, it's the last thing I have, basically, yeah. for the week. So, uh, Oh, yeah, sorry, there is one more thing. But I wanted to end with a, it's a, a bang that we could actually talk about. Because uh, Stranger Things, we have nothing to say about. <laughs> Michael Keaton's Batman Returns suit has reappeared in a teaser from the flash director i guess so like they've kind of confirmed that michael keaton yes andy machete who i guess kind of confirms that michael keaton's batman will be turning up again in the uh this flash movie i don't know they, they we've been talking about it forever but like this is like hard confirmation and like yeah he's back as batman so yeah cool yeah, they, had, they did it it was interesting and made me think of that uh was it the the button storyline uh, because the yeah. they, Muschietti shared like an image of the Keaton Batman bat shield with like a few drops of blood on it that looked a lot like the, the Watchmen logo, like the comedian's smiley face pin with those iconic blood drops on it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that looks exciting to me. I want to see. I don't know. I feel weird that they're like spending all this time promoing a Flash movie by hyping Batman. Like it's just. Yeah. I don't know anymore, you know, <laughs> what they're, what the plan. And like, I never, the, the plan for this movie, like, what is it now exactly? I mean, it's got to be Flashpoint. Yeah, like, there's been some stories going around that, like, they're trying to tie everything together more, like, they're trying to pull Marvel, right, and, like, get everything so that the TV and the movies align a little bit more closely again. Yeah. And, like, they're like, we're going to have to make Flash, like, the center point of all that. So I don't know what the fuck's happening anymore. Well, the Flash like, is a character that can most easily sort of move between dimensions and shit like that. So it makes sense if they're trying to build a DC multiverse rather than like one individual kind of shared universe. That that's how they the the way that they go about it. Yeah, I mean, also they've already like established that he's bouncing around multiverses because he's met right. his Arrowverse counterpart, and yeah. actually that's how he got his name. If I'm not mistaken, he didn't know or call himself the Flash until. He met Grant Gustin's Barry. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm trying to like for some reason that's like that was like a piece of trivia that got that stuck in my craw for some reason. Uh, one after I was reading a review of that where the, they were like, yeah, that that's basically like he he never called himself the Flash before. Yeah, so I guess that's where he got the name was he met the Flash, yeah. <laughs> the other Flash or one of the one of the other Flashes anyway at this point. So we'll see. I don't. The last rumor going around was that Christian Bale's being approached to be in this movie too. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're doing anymore. So I'm just like, make the movie. I guess you've been talking about it. Like, there's there's so many weird parallels between this and Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. 
Because well, like, no, I it always felt like No Way Home was just trying to like match what the Flash was doing. Remember at first, yeah. it just like it was always like a couple days later, Marvel would announce something bigger. Yeah, and like now it sounds like I we keep getting weird little confirmations that like all that stuff from No Way Home is actually happening. Yeah, and like so I'm like, well, how insane is that movie going to be, or how full of shit are all these rumors going to be? Because yeah. it's one or the other, right? Like it's either going to be like the most bonkers fucking cinematic event that we've ever seen. Like, and I'm including Endgame. When you start bashing all these worlds together, like, it's a lot of shit, right? In terms of, like, money spent for, like, bringing all these people back and, like, yeah. all this stuff. Anyway, I don't know. It's just, I have no idea what they're doing with either of these movies at this point. But we'll find out at least with Spider-Man this year, because that comes out in G- December, Not whereas just- The Flash is still... 2023 or some shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck. It's probably... I I mean, it sounds like they're shooting it or like they're in production and stuff, which is great. But, man, they've been talking about this movie since like Iron Man came out. Like, fucking get on <laughs> it already. So, yeah. I don't know. That was everything I had for the news this week. Apparently, E3 will be happening this weekend. So, there might be more video game news next week. But nothing exciting has happened so far. Yeah, that's about it for me. Unless, did you see anything else you wanted well, to bring I mean, up? We were talking about the Eisner nominees oh, earlier shit. if you want to touch I did. on that. I totally fucking forgot about the Eisner. I like I blew past it being like, oh, I want to bring that up later in the sequence. But yes, the Eisners did get announced this week and I had a link and I lost the link and now it's <laughs> open again. There it goes. What is like kind of high level this? Cause like there's a lot of stuff in here, but like um, we've seen some stuff from even DC's getting nominated for Eisners, which feels weird to a me. Like this the, year, way more than they did last year. Yeah. Last year I felt like both the big two kind of got shut out, but this year there's like some representation from both like the mainstream mm-hmm guys and a lot of authors coming from dc and marvel going to image and basically getting nominated also seems to be happening a lot yeah well i think looking at for me is like best continuing series and then usually i look at the best continuing and best limited series yeah and best new series i mean the big ones for me like pretty much everything that i have geek credited uh on dc's side has gotten a nod somewhere or everything i should say that has gotten a nod i've, I've geek credit at some point like the other history of the dc universe the first issue is up for best single issue best limited series strange adventures which i think i talked about like just last week which is tom king and mitch gerads and evan shaner and then superman's pal jimmy olsen by matt fraction steve lieber also so two different dc titles oh and far sector as well which i haven't geek credit just because i've only read the first couple issues of it so far i'm curious about that one i'm gonna read it this week so yeah. uh well, i get my ipad uh like monday else? or tuesday and then i'll look at that oh superman smashes the clan by gene Lun yang and guru got uh, best publication for kids and that was fun and i think i'd mentioned that at some point in the past too so Fair enough. There is best continuing series. Uh, if like, honest to God, if you're not reading Daredevil at this point, like, I don't know what to tell you. You fucking up. It, it basically, like, I'm trying to get Tim to read it because, like, it's fucking like mind-bendingly good. I, I, I have this weird thing with Daredevil where, like, it seems like every couple years, like, somebody comes on the book and it's just like knocks it the fuck out of the park. Daredevil may be the most consistently well treated in terms of the writing staff. Like the character who's treated the best by Marvel in terms of getting good writers for it in like the last for the last 20 years, basically, like since 2000, they had when Kevin Smith came in the next like they had a huge run by Brian Michael Bendis that was followed up by Ed Brubacher. Like a couple years later, Mark Wade came along and fucking destroyed like five years where the Daredevil is one of the best runs I've ever read. And now this Chip Zdarsky run, which is just like God's gift to comic books right now, <laughs> like it's. Whew. 
quality, quality shit. There's something, I don't know what it is with Marvel. I can't seem to get any of their other books to like <laughs> be consistent or like anything like that. But for some reason, they always manage to get somebody on Daredevil who just fucking kills it. So if you're not reading those Daredevil books and you're a fan, get the fuck in there and read that shit. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other uh, the the best the best writer category is like almost all people that are doing at least something for DC or Marvel. Like it's Matt Fraction, Hickman, Jeff Lemire, James Tynion the Fourth, Chip Zdarsky, and then Ed Brubaker is the only one that isn't really working for Marvel or DC right now. Yeah, but it's not like Ed Brubaker hasn't notoriously worked for both companies at like ad nauseum for decades. Uh, What did he get nominated for? What did he write? Best best writer for Pulp. Okay, uh, yeah. Pulp and Reckless and Friday. I've been meaning to read Pulp. I like Ed Brubaker's crime stuff, though. So that's cool. Actually, yeah, even Jonathan Hickman, eh? Like that. Yeah, for Ten of Swords. So I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the best. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at best writer artist, and I'm like, well, I don't recognize any of these names, but I want to look at best penciler. And I will agree with Marco Cicchetto getting it for Daredevil because he's been fucking killing it. And then the art, the art in Strange Adventures has been really good too. The cover design is really excellent for that series too, actually. So what the I'll have to take a look at that again. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, see, they do. See, it always bugs me that they have best coloring in there, and Laura Allred always fucking gets nominated, but yeah. Um, that they don't include the colorist and inker when they do the creative teams. It's still, it just irks the shit out of me. Like it should be all four people mm-hmm. at that point, especially now with the coloring, but yeah, exactly. so many digital artists are doing their own color now. So it's all yeah. bleeding. Together. I wouldn't, if I went and did comics now, I wouldn't even know if I would want a colorist. I think I would want to do everything myself at this point. Like, I don't know if I would be able to hand anything off anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's just like, it's way more comfortable to work on everything all at the same time. I could even letter it myself at this point, but like, that's just cause I'm weird and I'm a graphic designer also, but yeah, no, like the Eisner's always, it's always one of those ones where like, yeah, there's tons of stuff we could look at and read. <laughs> I yeah. just, I have so many of the, uh, like best ongoing series that are like the image kind of indie side of stuff that I have like on deck to read. I had, what did I download? I put strange adventures in today. It's good. And close yeah. to being done too, so it's a good time to jump on it. Oh, good, yeah, because I, I hate having There's only to wait two for issues left, and they've been coming out really solid, like on time every on month, time. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm like three like three issues behind Daredevil. I need to catch up, and then like I'm going to read Far Sector this weekend, and then Department of Truth was something else that I was looking at. Mm. Uh, so I think that's the oh, who's writing that one? Oh, James Tinney in the fourth. And Martin Simmons, yeah, over an image. So, yeah, I was looking forward to that one, too. Because I did grab his, or I queued up that detective run that you recommended to me, too, as well. Because he had just been doing detective, right, James Tinian? Or is he on Batman? He is on, he's on Batman right now. It's on uh, Batman now? Yeah, it's it's Mariko Tamaki that's on on detective right now. Yeah, no, I queued up detective so I can read that run. Uh, Well, actually, I'm I'm basically just waiting for my iPad Pro to show up now. I'm not reading anything (laughs) until I get my iPad Pro. I'm going to have that sweet sweet like hdr retina display and i'm yeah. gonna fucking sit and read some comics when i'm done drawing on it because i'm very excited to use it as a drawing tablet mostly <laughs> but so that was it for the news unless you have something else you want to bring up well one i mean we had a couple of premieres loki the first episode premiered yes. just today as we were watching this uh or as you're we're recording this we will definitely do a full episode on loki when the time comes but just to yeah. sort of mark the date the netflix sweet two series is out entirely now. I have not watched it yet. I've heard pretty good things from it from people. I've, 
I've heard it's excellent. I just I have I didn't like the comics, so I'm having a hard time like sitting down to start watching the yeah. series. So same. We'll see. I, I've got a couple other things that unless like I some people that whose taste really lines up with mine start like blowing this fucking show, I'll probably wait on it for a little bit. Yeah. Like I think I'll probably end up watching Umbrella Academy before I watch this because I think Umbrella Academy will probably be more up my alley. Yeah, I'm. I don't know right now. I, then, I, like taking on a new show is not like up my alley right now. Sweet Tooth also fucked up in terms of advertising because they did like a big advertorial with the US USA Today, where like yeah. every issue of USA Today was wrapped in this like basically ad but that was disguised as an actual cover of USA Today that was like showing that it was like something about hybrids popping up like being born all over America or something like that and like some idiot Americans probably took that seriously in like a War of the Worlds radio show kind of way and so yeah. I mean it's fucking fair like a media outlet has a responsibility to make sure they're not misleading their readers they just apparently have to gauge that their readers, some of their readers are complete fucking idiots. Well, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing on that one. That one I saw, <laughs> I mean, I saw, actually it was funny cause I had like, I had, I don't know why I didn't bring those up, but like I had sweet tooth and Loki in the news, but yeah, the USA today story, when I saw that, but I was just like, <sighs> like just use your fucking brains guys, you know, like yeah. just, you know, Either way. I mean, readers and publishers, really, on both sides of that equation, need to use their fucking brains. (laughs) The last thing that I had was just a weird blend of Tim and Mark news, because it's that thing that I I shared on our page, which is that uh, The Rock is producing a series about on Disney Plus, like it's a documentary about Disney attractions. Is he really? That is, yeah. That's near. It's his uh, his production company, Seven Bucks. Yeah, and there it starts on July sixteenth. It's ten parts, and Paget Brewster, uh, who oh, we both from community. from community, is narrating it. Oh, cool! Did you see that he is going to be playing crypto? crypto. I did. In an animated series, that cast looks so weird too. It does look really fucking strange. Um, like, I'm wondering how long it's like he'll... fucking Kevin Hart and. Well, Hart. see, that didn't phase me at all when they saw Kevin. When I saw John, Kevin Hart, John Krasinski, Kate McKinnon, Vanessa Bayer, who's also on SNL, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, and Keanu Reeves. Like out of all those names you just listed, aside from Keanu Reeves, those are all just people who want to work with The Rock to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who are like, oh wait, I get to work with Dwayne. Sure, fine, why not? Even though I never get to meet him because this was entirely probably produced during COVID. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Although I would really like to see the the John Wick Fast and Furious crossover that would result in Keanu and Dwayne meeting up <laughs> at some point. Say, normally, I I mean, we did a whole fucking episode on why you should never ever listen to we got this covered but they had a story that kind of went viral this week that was like that universal wants a fast and the furious and jurassic park crossover i saw yeah i saw that <laughs> uh somebody i think kevin smith might have talked about that on fat man beyond this week too and Which, they were like, like honestly i wouldn't put it past it. universal to Just do it at do this it. point fucking do it i want to see it no because like the new jurassic park sounds like a disaster you know what i mean like from every, everything that they've the story just looks like a mess. So either way, I'm like, and you're saying this is a fast and the furious fan. The story looks like a mess. Oh no, absolutely. That's what I mean. They're both complete (laughs) schlock now. So just like, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. (laughs) Like you're never going to get the feeling of Jurassic park again. You know what I mean? That magic of like, of that Steven Spielberg original, you're never going to get that again. So you may as well just turn it into a fucking schlock fest action franchise that you can make 
a billion dollars a year with by casting the goddamn people's champion in there and crossing it over fast and furious i'm 100 percent on board now we should Cars do this versus dinosaurs exactly i want to see a t-rex get driven through by a monster <laughs> truck let's do this thing universal get on it you know what i mean like just let's see it happen it's gonna be one of the one of these things that the internet just fucking speaks into existence I want to see the rock in a fucking transforming monster truck attacking a fucking, you know what I mean? Like a, a T-Rex, like fighting. <laughs> no, they're, what they're going to do, they're going to have like the, uh, I know I've mentioned the series before and you don't fucking remember it, but that series where there were like people riding dinosaurs that were like controlling them that had like these technological harnesses on them and shit like that. That's what's going to happen. You're going to have like the rock and fucking Vin Diesel and shit like that, like riding dinosaurs into ice. I'm a hundred percent like on board for like the rock Vin Diesel, like riding raptors and like riding like a T-Rex, like in a drag race, like a horse race. You know what I mean? kind of thing <laughs> oh my god i'm so 100 percent on board for that it sounds terrible let's do it <laughs> absolutely let's do that that sounds fucking great yeah so that's it yes, for the news let's move it. on to geek of the week then geek of the week so this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week tim well, let's start with you finished my rewatch of battlestar galactica finally Oh, nice. How did that Battlestar Galactica. It, I, it was weird because, like, I think I'm, I can't remember if we mentioned this on the podcast or if it was off air, but I was saying, like, I kind of put it down for a while during the move. One, because COVID was fucking depressing, and two, because we were moving. And so, like, I've been, I don't know, it's been almost two years that I've since I kind of started this rewatch. I'm sure our listeners could go back and tell me exactly when that was. Oh, no, you've been talking about it for goddamn ever. Yeah. So somebody should ask Yes. So I I got through it and I was just as, you know, sort of satisfied overall with the ending as I remember being overall the series, I think still 85% holds up for me. Weirdly, the things that don't are honestly some of the like, really melodramatic acting, especially like Starbuck just fucking overacts the shit. I'm a fan of Katie Sackhoff, but like sometimes she really just fucking goes for it and goes a little too far. Yeah, she really cranked it up at the end of that show too. So yeah. I mean, like she does the same thing. Like she goes so hammy for the Flash, right? Like, wow, the Flash—that's supposed to be the the. Case oh no, but I mean, flash. like she's she's totally willing to go like a yeah. little bit too far. Like even on the Flash, she's maybe a little more arch than those shows should be. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but no, I I really enjoyed the rewatch. Uh, you said there is definitely some stuff that doesn't hold up, or in the you know there's some shit in the middle that kind of drags. But the final season, especially, uh, I was real happy with sitting through and found you know it was a nice, satisfying conclusion to the whole thing. Nice. So. That's cool. I did a rewatch this week too, but I only watched one movie so far. Actually, two. <laughs> I got the 4K rips of the Indiana Jones movies, and let me tell you something: Raiders of the Lost Ark has never looked quite as nice so those discs are out like i think this week or something like that so i guess they wouldn't have had to do too much to it like they just would have done a transfer from film right because it was filmed on it's filmed on film yeah yeah like it was from it was filmed on 35 millimeter yeah so it should just be a straight print transfer it looks it's cleaned up obviously like it looks even cleaner than the blu-rays did a little while ago Mm. yeah i have the blu-rays HDR is what always makes the big difference on these movies for me. And HDR made a big difference when I was watching through Raiders last night. Like the the effect shots at the end and then the fight, the first... The face melting and shit. 
Yeah, like that that really is helped by HDR specifically and a very clean presentation. Like I was surprised by how like the matte lines are all gone, like everything looks nice and smooth. So like I'm cleaned up the rotoscoping and shit. Yeah, all that stuff looks like it, like impeccable now. Um I, I didn't notice any like weird like laggy stuff or anything like that. Like you can see Harrison Ford's fucking pores. What I did notice is like that last like on the island at the end, you know, you can see some flies on some people sometimes in mm. the like in the more recent ones. They're on everybody all the time in 4K. Like oh. you can see flies everywhere in that scene. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else. Like what else I really noticed in terms of like color, like HDR. The the first bar fight scene, like where he first meets Marion and the Nazis yeah. coming after. For some reason, because it's cast by like there's like that cast light from the fire. Fire yeah. that red is like so intense in this new prints. I've never noticed it before. Like how, cause it always felt like kind of ambery and like evenly lit on the Blu-rays and stuff. Now you can really tell like there's harsh shadow and like cast light and it's very red. Mm. So I was like, that's fucking cool as shit. So that was kind of a cool, it's cool. Like getting to rediscover a movie I've seen 500 times and that I'm seeing new details in yeah. because I'm getting a clearer print or whatever. So yeah, keep making these things higher res, boys, so that I keep looking at them in more detail. I, I kind of had that experience rewatching Battlestar Galactica too, because I was watching like the Blu-ray versions on like a big fucking TV, and like it holds up pretty well. The especially yeah. like the effects and everything, you know, the the shaky camera moves that they style that they do uh, really helps yeah. to hide a lot of the seams and shit. But I, I was just pretty impressed with you know how well they sort of you know, knew what they could do and shied away from what they couldn't kind of thing. Or like, you know, you used editing tricks and that kind of thing to yeah. get away from the stuff they knew that they weren't going to be able to pull off. Well, they shot that show for 1080, right? Like that was shot yeah, in the HD era. So yeah. like the graphics or like the, the CGI would have been rendered at like 1080, which is yeah. always a problem with those shows. Like when you go back to them, like going back to, especially now Deep Space and like Voyager and stuff or like they haven't, yeah, been, the remastered. haven't been remastered. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, it's getting to be like, this is starting to look, look real fucking like, like it looks like YouTube, Cheesy. like old YouTube yeah. video. Like it looks rough and yeah. stuff. Especially, so it's like, yeah, it's nice that like stuff like Battlestar at least has been like was shot in HD and like will hold up pretty well as you move into like four and eight K kind of thing. Like upscaling will help it and mm. that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, like these indie four K discs look like they're going to be worth it. I, I flipped through Temple a little bit too and was just like. Yeah, this looks just as good. Temple, actually, I always found Temple like it's a better looking movie. They obviously spent more money on it because they had more money at that I point. Think, I feel like I always feel like it's the it's clearly got a higher production budget, but it's not yeah. shot as well as Raiders uh, for me. Well, yeah, I think there's yeah, there's definitely aspects that you can feel the burnout on the entire crew yeah. by, the, by when you're watching Temple of Doom, especially in re- like if you've read anything about the making of the that movie, it's yeah. apparently like fucking horrific. So and like now that I'm watching it, you could kind of feel it on everybody, especially Harrison Ford. He looks exhausted through the whole <laughs> movie. But and Billy. Well, you know, it's Willie, I think. Willie. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she I mean, she looks good in HD. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. Yes, but yeah, the, uh, when these get dropped, absolutely. If you're an indie fan, they're definitely worth picking up if you have the the 4K means to watch them. Like even the new Atmos tracks were really nice. Like I had my surround sound cranked up. I'm sure my neighbors were thrilled. But <laughs> fuck them. It's before 11, so whatever. Cool. All right, so it's uh, meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. Womb wrecking head meat. Like like meat only designed for I, that was killing. my yeah that was my is that, uh, your, is that your alternate meat All organism right. designed only for killing there it is <laughs> which I guess is like my every yeah so we 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 watched Marvel and Hulu's Modoc this week and we're gonna 
chat about it real quick. Um, this is the 2021 Hulu stop motion animated show. Um, it was created by Jordan Bloom from American Dad and Patton Oswalt and stars Patton Oswalt as the title character Modoc, mental organism designed only for killing. Which I like that they point out at least that like it's not it, it is for killing because usually when they do Modoc for like the kids cartoons it's like M O D O K or C and it's only for conquest kind of thing and I'm like that's lame <laughs> lame yeah so this it's is definitely not a kitty series <laughs> no it's definitely not a kid show absolutely not no it's it's very much like you can feel the robot chicken on this like crazy yeah. This shows a collaboration between Marvel Studios, Marvel Television, Marvel Animation, and Stupid Buddy Studios, which I think is the uh, it is, it's, the production it's house that makes Robot Chicken. Yeah, it's Seth Green's yeah. production house that makes Robot Chicken. They did all the stop motion for it. Yeah, so you can feel the Robot Chicken just like all over this fucking show. So Tim, why don't you kind of why don't you tell us what Modoc's about real briefly? Because there's ten episodes of <laughs> yeah, insanity to get through. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but yes, we are basically following the titular character Modoc, who is a giant floating robotic head that is not robotic that's a real person sorry, in there. He's, ro- he's like, well he's, he's he's got like a robot suit floating yeah. fl- suit thing with yeah. a i mean i guess he's like genetically engineered or something we never really they never really tell us here how, i don't think they i don't think they've ever really like decided on a real origin for well, I mean, the comics either because it's one of the most ridiculous fucking character designs exactly. in the history of comic books <laughs> fucking mind-boggling so. character design in yeah. this they imply that he was actually born because that is like his mother gives reference to his womb wrecking head yes that's true <laughs> that's is, true which is uh that's a fucking image right there uh yeah. he is the the leader uh leader at the start former leader very soon into the series of a uh group uh, company called aim a-i-m advanced idea mechanics which i guess is pulled from the comics yes aim is aim is very well established <laughs> in the comics uh they that's aim is who actually we just referenced sam rockwell earlier in the episode uh justin hammer in iron man 2 was oh, the head of aim uh no that was he not no aim was sorry was iron man 3 it was uh killian no not killian who was that guy uh, pierce, guy pierce. It was Guy Pierce's company was AIM. Yeah, because Hammer Hammer was Hammer Tech. It was Hammer Tech. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I was confused. I, I Just because I wish Sam Rockwell was in <laughs> Iron Man 3 also. Because not Guy Pierce. Because Guy Pierce as a Mandarin was terrible. I mean, also, like, who doesn't want more Sam Rockwell in their life? Like, he was the best part of this. Of uh, Like, Iron Man 2 has its issues. But, like, him dancing and shit, I was on yeah. board for Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell so, like, was it, fun. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's this basically bumbling idiot of a supervillain, and the entire point of AIM is like to is is his like organization to take over the world or whatever. It's real fucking arch, and uh, but uh, but a lot of this show revolves around his family life. So his wife uh, Jody and his kids Lewis or Lou, who is like a normal human, and then Melissa, who is like a giant floating fucking head like Modoc is. Yeah. So they're both teenagers. And then there's also this, his sort of rival, I guess, in the company, yeah. Monica. And then this other company, basically like that's supposed to be basically Google comes in with this dude, Austin Vandersleet, who's voiced by Beck Bennett. Uh, and they buy out aim and sort of, Try start trying to make it into something entirely different and buy out Modoc, and then most of the season is like Modoc hatching schemes to try and regain control of AIM from Grumble and yeah, or fix his marriage, which is yeah, falling and fi- apart, and fixing his marriage and his family life, all of which is just a 
total fucking shambles. And then he ends up interacting with some other goofy fucking Marvel villains along the way and forms a ridiculous fucking Marvel supervillain team and shit. And then kind of, I mean, there's a bunch of, yeah, I don't want to go through sort of the premise of every fucking episode, but every episode is probably a premise that you've heard before. And they just they just sort of tell it through this Marvel goofy fucking lens. And then by the end of the season, it's like, oh, everything is sort of worked out for the best, except that. Oh, there's also some crazy time travel Rick and Morty shit as well that happens in like his basically a younger version of MODOK that ends up like infused with time crystals or something ends up being sort of the main villain for the season because there's a very loose I will say very loose overarching story to this this season of television. Oh yeah. That's yeah. about the best I think I can summarize Modoc. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that you missed. You get a couple like fun cameos from some like big name actors playing oh, Avengers yeah. out of nowhere. John like, Hamm is Iron Man and Wonder Man. Uh, no, that's uh, Nathan Fillion is Wonder Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Whoopi Goldberg is Pound Cakes, one of the <laughs> villains that Modoc teams up with later on, along with like Melter. Oh my god, I couldn't believe the fucking villains Melter, they were pulling yeah. out. Ten, like, Ten Pin, which is Chris Parnell, another yeah. uh, straight from Rick and Morty. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say that's Archer also, but like that's hilarious. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. And Tudic. Yeah, Tudic is in there, as per usual. Bill Hader like shows arcade. up. Yeah. Bill Hader does multiple roles. Yeah, he was the screamer, and he's the leader also, the yeah. Hulk villain, the leader in that episode where the Modoc ends up going to the bar with no name. Which, if well, first he ends up trying to go to the good bar, and then he gets yes. shunned, shunned into the bar with no name. Yeah, but the bar with no name at least exists in Marvel Comics. You're gonna you're gonna go there in Spider Man. Mm. One point in uh, there's a story much in that involves you going to the bar with no name okay. in New York. Because it's a, it's like a known location. Like, basically, that's where like a Punisher, Daredevil, or Spider Man are looking for somebody. That's like that's the first they place go. they go, yeah. basically, and they beat the shit out of everybody in there. And then, you know, because <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it's these low level thugs, right, that go in there to, to drink yeah. and yeah. you know find new jobs and stuff like that. And you know, when Daredevil walks in, most yeah. of them leave scared. So. And even uh, even the Modoc's family are all pretty big name folks. Like uh, Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine Nine plays Melissa, and Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec plays Lou. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize like Amy Garcia is also somebody who was who's his wife, and like who she's been in some other stuff too that I I wasn't. Uh, yeah, she was in Dexter and Lucifer and George Lopez. Uh, oh, okay. his show and stuff like that yeah he's so he's been in a few things just not like anything that we've really talked about on the podcast before actually she was on the voice cast for the adams family movie last year oh there you go that one that i talked about yeah yeah she's an episode of supernatural uh i liked her and she was who was she she was somebody's girlfriend in dexter i think i'm just looking at a picture of her I'm like i remember her from somewhere yeah I pr- that's probably where i reckon like i looked up her face and i recognized it and that's probably yeah. out of all the stuff she's done dexter is probably the only thing that i have actually watched you don't watch lucifer she's in lucifer apparently no i i started downloading lucifer but it was really like at the height of like there's so much fucking mm. comic book tv coming out right now so it kind of went on the back burner for me and it's also yeah. like it's not you know, it's Vertigo. It's not really like straight up DC kind of thing, too. So I might get oh, to it at some point. I've heard oh, good things. Him. I've heard good things. I know. I, I, I know a couple of people who watch it. I've never gotten into it. It's one of those things. I know they, they had a crossover with him, though. He's in Crisis. So he does, like, he does show up kind of briefly in Crisis. Yeah. Him and Constantine have a little like moment together, which is always 
entertaining to me when Constantine has to talk to some demon. So I guess like, let's get into it. What did you like? What didn't you like? Like, what do you want to talk about here? I, I am like at at the highest possible level. I liked this show, but it's, it feels like the fifth version of this show that I've seen. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what I'm, yeah, that's kind of where I come down to. Like, to be completely honest, this is my least favorite technically Marvel studios product in quite a while. Oh yeah. Though to be fair, I didn't watch Hellstrom because that just sounded like an absolute disaster. And and like, I like the concept in theory. This is something that should work in my head. And I like what are obviously the major influences to the show, but the execution for me was just kind of really all over the place. And I was left like maybe one laugh out loud episode or like be like episode kind of thing. Yeah. Like every episode, which I felt like I should probably have a lot more than that. And it felt like it depended on who was like on screen, what I was laughing at harder for me. Like for some reason, like John Hamm as Iron Man killed me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why him doing comedy always gets me. Yeah. He's great as a comedy person. Um, And then Nathan Fillion, like I, at first I didn't even recognize him. Then I was like, Oh wait, that's definitely Nathan Fillion. There it is. Fucking Modoc's wife. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And like Melissa Romero does good work as the, like the daughter and stuff. Like she has all those fun scenes where she's like, manipulating her friends or helping Modoc manipulate people. And he just doesn't understand yeah. like how to do things subtly. He's just like, fucking burn them all to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Shit. It's like, no, no, no. We need to be more, you know, yeah. More yeah, subtle. Delicate. Than yeah. yeah. Exactly. And delicate. like, I, and like, I like Pat Oswald, you know, like he's usually yeah. somebody that I think is quite funny, but like, and it, I think Pat Oswald did an admirable job. Like he did a good job with what he was handed, you know, with, with the scripts and everything they gave him to work with. I just, you know, I just think that those scripts maybe needed, they needed tightening. Like, I feel like this is a series where it just maybe in a second or third season might find its path a little bit more, but I don't know that I need it to find its path at this point. I'm, I'm like, yeah. And I'm in the, like, it's weird for me as like the Marvel guy to be like, I'm kind of in exactly the same position. Like I enjoyed what, like while I was watching it, I was like enjoying it, but the, it was weird. Cause I'm like, I couldn't binge it. Like I could, I, I watched, yeah. I started watching it. Like I was just going to binge it. And I was like, Oh, 10 episodes, half an hour. I could fucking crack through this in an evening and I'm done. Right. Like I can yeah. write my notes and do all that kind of stuff. And I got about three episodes in and I was like, I'm fatigued by this. And then I, I watched the fourth one. I'm like, I can't, I can't fucking watch this anymore. Like it's it's just too much, which given the like I've watched seasons of Robot Chicken just sitting there. But I think because it's always like you're bouncing around so much in Robot Chicken, Robot that it's always a reset. Yeah. yeah. And, yet, and it's so yeah, you, you always know whatever you're watching. There's no fucking stakes. So, yeah. you know, you're just there fucking along for a stupid little ride. Yeah, you're gonna you know get exactly like a dick, what you're, you're gonna getting. get a good dick joke basically, and like then you're out kind of thing, and like that's the like which like I guess is what I want from Robot Chicken, and <laughs> that pace of comedy slash style of comedy doesn't necessarily work for a 22 minute episode. More than that, like some of them were getting up to like 25 minutes long. Yeah, so like these are these are longer for like a cartoon kind of show, and like it's funny that we're bitching about this when I was just like blowing fucking Invincible for being like hour long <laughs> episodes and being so good, but like Invincible is fucking amazing, and this is like. Meh, I don't know. I can't even like it's it's not even like I'm like, oh, I'm angry about this. It's so bad. It's not bad. It's just like it's undercooked kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my high level thoughts on it, I guess. This is weird, too, because it was part of a slate of shows that was supposed to happen 
at some point that included like a Howard the Duck show that Kevin Smith was producing. And like, remember when they were talking about a bunch of animated yeah, properties four or five or something like that. And then it just yeah. kept getting cut back and cut back until I don't know if any of them are, uh, there was like a Dazzler series and shit yeah. like that too. I don't know how many, I think there's maybe one other that's still in production. I can't remember which one it is, but this, yeah, there is one other one and it's from a character that like, even I wasn't like, I was like, wait, who? Like, I don't know that character name. So like, it's not really that important, but like Dazzler and Howard the Duck were both canceled. And those were the two that I recognize. And then there was another one. And they were all supposed to tie together, similar to the Netflix shows that are also, you know, <laughs> gone and forgotten by everybody except for me. Because I, I still want Daredevil back. I see this being part of like a shared universe. But they were, that's what they were headed towards. They so wanted to do the, offender, the Offenders yeah, yeah, yeah. as the fifth series and like tie everybody together. Like have Howard and Modoc and Dazzler and whoever this other. I can't remember who the, the fourth one is, unfortunately. And they were going to do like a whole show. And I was like, How? <laughs> I guess because like I can't ima- like I can't imagine all these different like comic cells bashing off each other like this one this one almost bashes itself into unconsciousness just <laughs> on its own so like I don't know it's so weird and like it's so dense too like it's it's just got that like rapid like robot chicken hit you a mile a minute kind of pace that I'm just like I, I, I don't even know if it's funny anymore it's just like they say dick and fuck a lot so like ah, I guess it's good I don't know <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was a it was a weird watch for me because I was like not I wasn't ex- I didn't know what I was expecting either going into it. I was like, yeah. all right, it's just like an animated show that's adult. Because what it also reminds me of a lot, which you haven't watched, is Harley Quinn. I've watched no, I'm I'm through the first season of Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah. But like that's the one it really reminded me of was like Harley. Like it so it's got like aspects of Robot Chicken, Rick and Morty, Harley Quinn, and probably like like Amer- like Amer- American 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 dad, family dad guy, like yeah. Family Guy, yeah, like because yeah. that that one of the guys produced it also. It seems to be trying to walk a line between all of those things, but it never wants to commit to one of them. Yeah, is my issue with it. it. It's just like kind of caught in some weird nebulous limbo in between the tones of all those shows. Yeah, uh, and it, I think it would behoove it to find its own identity as opposed to trying to continuously like take bits and pieces of like yeah aping bits and pieces from other franchises and stuff yeah because i think there's like i think there's absolutely and like they've done it in the comics like you could absolutely do like uh an irreverent take on the mcu or like the marvel universe period you know what i mean because it's just like they do it in robot chicken and like that's what next wave was like a comic that i'm constantly screaming that everybody should read but like west coast avengers is basically like the avengers version of the bohaha era of justice league right like it's just sending your b team out there to be more of a comedy ensemble Mm -hmm. as opposed to being you know the justice league or the avengers who actually go do shit send tony stark send drunk tony stark out to the west coast with some b-listers and make a comedy (laughs) book boys oh okay sure that's how we'll do things and the thing is like i appreciate that too i appreciate that marvel greenlit something that's you know acknowledging that some of their characters are goofy as fuck yeah you know conceptually in my head, like I can think like, yeah, I can see how this could work. Like, I like the concept of, you know, super villains that go home and have like a quote unquote normal family life at the end of the day kind of thing when they're done with their world domination schemes. Like, that's a fun concept. I just don't think a 25 minute fucking scream fest. Is yeah, the way exactly. To go. A 25 yeah. minute like, you know, dick and fart joke fest with occasional moments where occasional unearned like dramatic family drama is is the way to go about it yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I was I was so confused watching this show because I like I'd be yeah, like one minute laughing and then the next minute being like, oh look at that fig fang foom. I love it when they do these little shout outs to things. Mm. And then the next minute I'm like, wait, what the fuck's going on on board? It was just like moment to moment. It would it would change like crazy. So yeah. And see, for me, I I was thinking like, oh, maybe Mark really is gonna like this because it has so many of those Marvel deep cuts kind of thing. Like I caught some of them. Like I caught yeah, I caught fin fang foom and shit like that. But like you know, there's probably a bunch in there that just went over my head or whatever. Like yeah, like fin fang foom. Like you know, run his own restaurant where he cooks the food at the table in his flames or whatever. Yeah, it's fun. That's a little yeah. I mean, it's a robot chicken bit, right? They could do yeah. that in like thirty seconds, and and you're out. And you're like, yeah. oh, that was that. I, but I, that was my problem with the show. You know what I mean? Where I was like, it, that's a funny bit for robot chicken, but like we're trying to build a whole show around it, and it just doesn't hold together. Yeah, for me, it's like. I don't know, using lean meat to make fucking hamburgers. It just falls apart on the grill when you put it on that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like it looked good until you put it on the grill and then it just fucking disintegrates kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, well, well like the other show that, that really strikes me as an influence too is venture brothers. It's got a lot okay. of that, like fucking goofy bumbling villains and like weird science shit to it. That venture brothers has as well. Yeah, I kind of like I was I kept thinking about Archer in terms of that, like the, the yeah, protagonist kind of stuff. But I mean, Archer just, draws heavily on Venture Brothers. Yeah, Venture Brothers. Sure. Well, didn't they work on the it? I'm sure. Stuff and, yeah. 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 So I guess like we could talk about the cast a little bit in particular, because like it's an excellent cast that is not given a ton of shit. It's just to not do. utilized real well. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's a solid voice cast with lots of impressive guest stars. But, you know, we just got done a few weeks ago, blowing the shit out of Invincible, it just doesn't use those cast members to the same outstanding effect that Invincible did or, yeah. or that Rick and Morty did, for instance. Yeah. Oh, and no, like the worst part, I think in the middle of watching this, they put that Rick and Morty trailer out. And oh, I, yeah. or, or I saw the the new the trailer for yeah, the new yeah. season of Rick and Morty, like while I was halfway through watching this, because like I said, I watched the first four three episodes, and then I had to watch it like an episode or two per night to get through it because yeah. that was about all I could handle. Um, but I was like wandering, or I came up on YouTube, like, oh, new Rick and Morty trailer for next season, and I was watching it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's how you do this right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I can't even really be like it's one of those like I don't know exactly what the difference is. Yeah. Aside from like Rick and Morty just like a hundred percent owns its own tone. You know what I mean? Like they do that mile a minute kind of storytelling, but like they do it their way and it's all how Harmon does it, I guess, right? That it, it yeah. locks in. And it's that fucking writing writer's room, right? Like I, well, I think I mean, that yeah, this show just does not have the writer's room to pull off the ambition that this show had. Yeah, that's I mean, that's basically where you get stuck, right? Like if you're yeah, or even that like and we don't know, like this was something that was produced by Marvel Television, which was we don't then know, Yeah, we don't know how much Marvel Studios got their fingers in this or Disney got their fingers in this. Yes. Like, no, you can't I mean, there's some shit in here that I'm surprised. I was Disney let fly under their banner. Yeah. Uh, to begin um, with, it's definitely but, a reason why it's on Hulu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's definitely not like they do not want this on Disney Plus getting confused with the, the mainstream <laughs> the MCU, MCU stuff. <laughs> and even after like and like we didn't talk a ton about Loki, but like Loki's a fucking weird like you're not putting your kid in front of Loki and having them understand a goddamn thing that's happening in there because it's we're into like weird time bending shit yeah. at this point and like wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah, and in like the best possible like control influenced way, it's, it looks like so far. But like, you're not putting your kids in front of that anymore. So it's like, 
but that's still on there. So they really don't want people getting this confused with like what they're doing over there, obviously. Cause like they, that's the hard line. Like this is like Marvel television is fucking dead and it ain't coming back. We may never even see another season of this. I'm, I'm wondering if any of these shows come back. I would even be if they really do really surprised well. if another season of this gets greenlit. Yeah. Same. Like I, I like, it's kind of sad to say, cause I was looking forward to this when it like was announced. I was like, Oh, that sounds like it'll be fun. Right. Like it sounds like yeah. Marvel needs its version of Harley Quinn. So like Modoc sounds like a, an appropriate enough character to do something that's a little bent. And then they involve the robot chicken guys. And I'm like, yeah, do the use the robot chicken guys and like whatever. But then I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, too much robot chicken, like just too much robot chicken. It's too, <laughs> like it's too they want to go at that pace and you can't do that and have a consistent storyline going on, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it has to be that like. The, the robot chicken like vibe just doesn't lend itself to yeah long format story and any any stakes, emo- any, any stakes yes. for sure and any emotional investment in the characters exactly. as well well yeah because it's that you walk in they make a dick joke you're done like that's the end of the fuck or somebody gets right brutally now. murdered and then is oh, like yeah, yeah, restored yeah. to full health you know three seconds later or something like that is like all right like how are you gonna try to have me ha- have any emotional connection to these characters when you just like killed and reassembled all of these characters six times this episode yeah and just to show off that you could do it in animated form kind of thing too you know what i mean like it was more like they were showing off an effect than they were and that's the thing like this is every bit as brutal and graphic and gory as invincible but invincible all of that had fucking consequences yeah you felt the gravity of that shit that was happening and i mean you know that's not not that that's what i want from this yeah but like in the wake of that, you know, you just showing me gore for, you know, gore shock value sake. Well, just like, like, like baby eating monsters that the S guardians (laughs) are okay with. I was like, what? Like what? That's weird, man. Like that's really fucking weird. Like, yeah. Well, and, and when, when something like Rick and Morty does that, like they'll, they'll hang a lampshade on it. Yeah. They'll not just be like, oh, hey, these fucking villains are really fucking terrible and will do absolutely horrid things. Like, if Rick and Morty go see that, like, Rick will be like, we don't want to go there. Those people are fucked up kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they eat babies. <laughs> so aliens, stay away. Yeah, exactly. Even I won't go talk to them and I'm, a, I'm fucking Rick. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, but that works for that show, right? And whereas this one, it's just like, it's just like something that's there in the background. It's supposed to be a funny joke. Yeah. And everybody's, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, that happened that's because they make a joke about it being birth control. And I was like, what the fuck kind of joke is that? That's so (laughs) weird. Like so fucking weird. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The funny part too, like I was watching it and you mentioned that I would catch a ton of Marvel lore and there is a ton of stuff in there. Like that you can like shout outs to old shit. Like Fing Fang Foom is always one of those like weird old Marvel favorites, but like even just using aim or like Modoc on his own and the is, character design of the aim goons and everything, right? Like all of that is throwback. It's all classic Marvel shit. stuff. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. The the Kirby, like that old era of like the classic sixties era of Marvel. So, I mean, Modoc's clearly a fucking Kirby character. Like that is uh, 100% a Jack Kirby design. I don't actually know where he came from originally. Well, let me look it up. I like, will be I, amazed if that is not a Jack Kirby design because he's got like that new Godsy kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Modoc's one of those characters that like when he shows up, oh, yeah. I'm like. Cre- created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah, there you go. Where, where did he first appear though? Tales of Suspense number 93 in si- 1967. That's a Thor book. Oh no, Captain America. Sorry, Tales of Suspense, Captain America. 
Which one was Thor then? Why am I confused? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just, yeah, it's okay. I didn't know it Tales was Tales to Astonish. Was that Thor? Yeah, I think Astonish is Thor. Yeah, Tales. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know it was a Kirby. It does. Yeah, you're right. It makes sense. But like at that point, the entire bullpen was just trying to ape Kirby. So that's why I was like, <laughs> I don't want to just immediately ascribe this to Jack Kirby because like, yes, it looks like it. But all those guys were aping him at the time. So like this actually because to me, it doesn't look like a Jack Kirby. It looks like somebody making fun of Jack Kirby. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, like, it's got that kind of thing. Like, this is a character that, like, I, I, I mean, I talk about Next Wave a lot, but, like, he shows up in Next Wave. You know what I mean? Like, a baby Modoc is the villain in <laughs> Next or one of the villains in Next Wave. And it's like, oh, that's the level. So, that's the level of goofiness that this character is basically operating out for mainstream Marvel fans. It's like, this is... This is what we were expecting. But there have been storylines as well where they also try and make him like a big menacing villain too. Like this is one of those ones I feel like that swings back and forth. I don't I can't remember the last time I saw him in a book when they, and they were like we're making him a, a villain. Yeah. It's been a long time since they I think they I'm and like listen if you're one of our listeners who's like a big Marvel nut and like knows when the last time Modoc was and you're not me who just reads Spider-Man and Daredevil and <laughs> kind of ignores all the weird shit for the most part absolutely let me know but I I don't think he's been even shown up in anything that wasn't like a joke in the last little while so the last time I remember seeing him in something I read was Next Wave and that was like 2012 or some bullshit I think so or even earlier than that maybe 2006 or something so yeah. I don't know either way he shows up like they love br- like bringing him out as like an action figure or like doing something like this where he's got a cameo bit because it's such a ridiculous visual but what do you do with that character like long term and like I guess they were trying to do something with him long term like give, they give him a family and they give him aim and all that kind of stuff but it's just like I don't care about his family yeah. I don't they're feel all bad assholes. like they're all kind of dicks yeah. and like even his wife's kind of like because usually in this case you're, you're supposed to sympathize with the wife in this case but she turns yeah. out to be kind of just as shitty as everybody else in the yeah. family and I'm like self-absorbed as everybody yeah. else yeah. so I'm like I don't like any of these people any more than I should like any more than I don't know anybody off the fucking street at this point so like why do I care they do there's almost not enough Marvel shit in here like to keep me interested like if they were doing more like he's really fighting the Avengers and like yeah. you know uh, they actually fight them all in that time yeah kind of sequence at the end yeah but like you know they don't show any of them <laughs> yeah exactly I, I appreciated like that sort of crazy science battle between Monica and Modoc at the last episode and then yeah that like time slip where the younger Modoc is showing present modok all the different ways that he dies like he he gets killed by every single avengers member and then has a series of toilet deaths in yes <laughs> involving just you know shitting his brains out till he has an aneurysm and shit like that yeah which sounds about right for this show <laughs> honestly you know we didn't shout out i want to shout out gary if you're a veep fan you know who <laughs> gary is i was so happy to hear that voice I was like that that was probably the 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 best cameo for me out of all of them was Gary being uh Gary from Veep. I really should figure out that actor's name. Uh Sam Richardson. Yeah, there it is, Sam Richardson, who is yeah. like holy shit, is he not the funniest? <laughs> who loses his arm in the first episode and then just continues to come back throughout the yeah, the fucking Series oh, you as, know what? It's yeah. Gary. Sorry, Gary's the character is Gary Walsh is played by Tony Hale. That's not who I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the black guy who ends up becoming like a senator because he's just the nicest guy on the planet. I have no. to like look up. Uh, oh, Richard played, Splett. Yeah. Richard Splett was the guy. And it's uh, he's played by uh, Sam Richardson. Yeah, it is. You're right. But he's the actually the president of the United States at the end of Veep. Because <laughs> <That's laughs> he just fails upwards. <laughs> 
so good. Either way, yeah, that's the the voice there, and he is hysterical. And I was so happy to like have that guy come back and kind of get to do a reprise of his uh, Richard Splett voice for uh, Modoc. It was fun times. I don't know. Do you have anything else in your notes? I've got like, yeah, just, I mean, we've already talked, we've made the comparisons between Rick and Morty, but like, I, it was clear that they were trying to catch that Rick and Morty lightning in a bottle. Like that was ultimately the, what they were modeling everything off making like this fucking insane series, but where you could actually end up have it like caring about the characters. But yeah. And I just didn't get there for this. Like it just falls short of that. I could, I ultimately I can fucking care less if their marriage works out. Yeah. But like for me, this feels like if Rick and Morty, like Rick and Morty, if Jerry was the main character, just like a completely unlikable, unsympathetic, bumbling fucking idiot. Yes, agreed. Yeah, he <laughs> needs to be more Rick. Uh, like he yeah. actually needs to be a good supervillain. I don't know. Like I, I'm so torn about this one because I'm like, well, I watch more of it. Maybe if it shows up, I might watch it again. But like, I, I, I don't know. And I, I just, I also kept feeling like I'd heard so many of the gags before or seen so many of the gags and plot points before like the delay on, you don't watch family guy anymore do you i have never really watched family yeah. guy i think i watched like, the only thing that i've watched a family guy is like when people post the star trek jokes i'll watch those basically yeah. like when patrick stewart shows up so. right yeah like the the whole like delay on the teleconference gag at aim is totally mm. something that's been done i'm sure in other shows as well but like i remember it from the last couple of seasons of family guy so i was like yeah. okay we're doing this and we're gonna make it go on for like three minutes fuck they did it in star wars at this point so <laughs> and the whole like evil alternate time stream modok was totally fucking ripped off from several different rick and morty plots <sighs> yes and 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 yeah i agree like you said they were just kind of trying to go for like a high jokes per minute rate but without the writer's room to back it up. And I, the thing that that reminded me of a lot was I, I remember we had like similar feelings on uh, the second Deadpool movie. Uh, where they're yeah, just they, trying to cram in jokes, but like half of them didn't land. Yeah, this landed way flatter than than that did for me. But like yeah. not yeah. probably. I mean, I don't I can't even remember. I, I've never actually rewatched Deadpool 2. I should watch it again. Yeah. So, but instead, instead so, it's just yeah. kind of you know it's totally totally fucking all over the place. Sometimes it's super fucking brutal. Sometimes it's trying to be like a sitcom family drama, and then sometimes it's trying to be like real clever and edgy and kind of thing. And then none of that gels. Sometimes yeah. we're supposed to feel like there are actual stakes to what what we're watching. Sometimes there's clearly no fucking stakes whatsoever. So, yeah. I, I just, you know, it, like you said, it's it's Robot Chicken tried to expand into a long format and it just doesn't doesn't expand that way. Yeah. Yeah. Hit Monkey. It was Hit Monkey was the other show. I don't even that's oh. why because the, the character I don't it, it was Hit Monkey, Tigra, Dazzler and Howard the Duck. And I think Tigra and Dazzler were going to be like combined into one show. Right. Hit Monkey, Tigra and Dazzler and Howard the Duck were the other th- four shows and they were going to be crossed over in a special title the offenders at some point which is not not like never going to happen because no. marvel television doesn't exist actually i noticed uh jeff Loeb, who's like been retired for fucking ever it feels like still gets a credit on this because like this has still got marvel television dna yeah, he got in it. executive producer i think yeah yeah because he won't be getting those anymore because he's been he's been booted to the curb uh, along with mr perlmutter apparently and as all this one stuff of, has one fallen of those is deserved but Jeff Lowe, uh, Jeff Lowe fucking headed up all that Netflix shit, which was mostly great. 
Yeah, and like he's like he's had a long story career. I don't know why he kind of got shuffled off, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to retire at this point. He's not a, a young man anymore either. So yeah. uh, he's because he was. I think he worked on fucking like Back to the Future or some shit like that. Like he's he's been around for ever. Yeah, his kids are in comics now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his he's like like Sam, I said he's yeah Sam Loeb yeah. Yeah, he's been around for a long time, Jeff Loeb. So, and like he was, he was an established like writer and like an adult human being before he ever got any work at Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. So he is a, he's been doing this for a long time. So maybe it is just like he decided to hang up the boots when they killed Marvel Television because <laughs> he was sitting pretty like high up in that structure, right? And then with the studio coming in and just being like, you know what, fuck all of this horse shit that happened before. <laughs> We're doing our own thing now. Yeah. taking it all over and your bullshit Modoc show. That's probably half done. Don't spend any more money on it. Go, it's going to Hulu. It's over. Exactly. Like and that's that kind of what, what happened, right? That's like, kind of what it feels like in, like, in yeah, some, it like sometimes been, this was so. partially finished. And they were like, uh, sorry guys, you have no more budget. So just wrap this up and do it the best you can kind of thing. Yeah. And then send it over to us so that we can cut some of the really offensive shit out before we put it out so that nobody gets super offended by any of the craziness that you guys are doing. Even that, like, I, I don't know. How much know, the longer baby, could these the baby episodes eating, have been? The baby eating thing was like, I was like, I know, what the fuck? Who, who put that joke in there and why did that stay? Like, it's so bad. Like, within the first episode, there's a mutant experiment begging yeah. to die. A, oh a boyfriend that just gets, like, acid dissolved. <laughs> a dude that gets, like, fly merged with his fucking dog. Well, see, the acid it's dissolved one made me laugh, man. I don't know. Some of them made me giggle. You know no, what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, that, again, it's so it, weird because we're bitching about them. But, like, some in some spots, I'm like, the gag will hit. And I'll be like, oh, that's not bad, actually. Yeah. Like it's a funny gag. Yeah, absolutely. There were there were some good bits in this. It was just so it's just unfortunately so they were few and far between and like they were followed up by some weird tonal like whiplash dramatic scene or some shit that I was just like, wait, this is I'm still watching the same show? Yeah, basically. Well, there it is, you know, like it's just it was it's just kind of a mess, basically, <laughs> is what we're kind of coming out to say yeah. at this at this point. I think we've talked about like the whole cast. I hope anyway, like we didn't miss anybody that we wanted to talk about because um, there's lots of like, yeah, Bill Hader and Melissa Fumero. Like that was, I was so excited when I saw that her, she was in there. She's like my favorite. And again, they all do decent jobs oh with what God. they're Sean given. Iron Man. Yeah. Like, yeah, they all do a, an adequate job with what's going on. Like, I, I just, uh, I wish this was better. And like, it does definitely feel like it was sadly like, yeah, the more, like when the, the restructure happened. They were just like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. Just like, get it out. It's done. Right. Like it's in the can. So just finish mm-hmm. it up and get it out. We're done. Well, because this one would have had a much longer lead time than the ones that were just going to be straight up drawn animation yeah. or, or even CGI. I don't know exactly what each of them were supposed to be, but because there's such a lead time on stop motion, they would have had so much of the animation already in the can and just said, okay, well this one will just go ahead with everything else. Fucking scrap it. Which may be why they're 25 minutes long. Maybe they didn't get cut down properly before they were released. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah, they, they were meant to be 22. Fucking editing pass or I honestly, they probably could. You could probably trim these down to like 20, 22 minutes and they would like probably be a smoother sit in some ways. I don't know if I have the attention span for more than like a robot chicken episode of this, like an 11, 11 minutes at a 10 time minutes. Time yeah. Because they do the 10 minute little episodes. Yeah. yeah I, I'm the same way. I think like I, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like 20, 10 minute skits basically yeah. kind of thing uh then it ended up being like a sitcom and i was like oh that's okay cool i guess and it's then choice it and then it just kind of never quite like gels 
yeah. for me. So yeah, I guess it's just one of those awkward things where like this one didn't gel, but like I'll tell you how good Harley Quinn was 3000 times because it was, <laughs> I don't know. And they're basically the same show. Like ostensibly they're almost the same show. Just Harley Quinn's comedy fucking lands most of the time. Yeah, so the execution's a lot better and yeah. it's not as it's, it's just a lot more consistent in its tone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when, when that show comes back, we'll have to do an actual episode about it because we have, we keep missing it, but I think season three is coming up and we'll definitely sit down and do like a, a re like a re proper. I don't know yeah like a proper let's talk about all three seasons of Harley Quinn because that that show I'm like I'm eager for it to come back because I really enjoyed the shit out of it as for Modoc let's let's rate and review and get out of here so we make it a nice short episode uh yeah the Modoc was like a six out of ten for me I think it was fun yeah. but I don't really need another season of it I'd honestly much rather just have Seth Green and his team making more robot chicken instead. Yeah, I am right there with you. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven just because John Hamm tickled me as <laughs> Iron Man. Like that was really like the one casting. Like I liked Patton Oswalt as Modoc and stuff, but like John Hamm and Nathan Fillion just tickled me in those two roles. So I was like, that's cool. I'm fine with this. But everything else was just kind of like, oh, I wish it had been like 10% better and it would have been awesome kind of thing. Like, so I sat down and like looked at the timeline of Marvel TV and I was like, this is the least invested I've been in a Marvel TV show since I watched that whole fucking season of Inhumans. Yeah. I still don't know. I mean, I know why I did that because I hate myself, but <laughs> I don't know why you did that. You don't even like Marvel that much. <laughs> that really confused me. It was a train wreck and I couldn't, couldn't look away. It was very much a train wreck that I was difficult to look away from. I felt, and especially because I kind of watched it a little bit later. So I had like, uh, it's Anston Mount, right? And I was like, I felt really weird because I'm like, oh, I really liked him. And like, he was the best part of Discovery season two as Captain Pike. And here he is. He's got no dialogue. None of that charm comes across because he can't fucking talk. And I'm like, who gets the most charming human being alive? Was that before Disco season two, or was it? It, it, really? it was before, yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. I'm like, but who gets the most charming human? Because he was, he's been like a known quantity for a while, yeah, right? Because yeah, like, he was right. in, yeah. But like, I'm like, who gets the guy who is like the most charming man alive that I've seen on TV? Like, who made me want to rejoin Starfleet, basically, <laughs> and like makes him mute so that none of that could come across. I was like, this, this is a terrible idea. Anyway, entirely with his eyes. <laughs> I don't need to, let's not talk about inhumans. Cause we'll be here for another hour of me crying. Cause it's just <laughs> like a horrible nightmare that I watched for some reason. Oh my God. What a mess. Yeah. Marvel. Sometimes. I mean, it's not like Marvel hits them out of the park every time. Right. Like that we talked about, you mentioned Hellstrom. That was a disaster. You know, like these things happen. So yeah, it's another one where like, if I, if I really feel like watching just an absolute fucking failure, I think I'll pop that on, but it just sounds like it was so bad. It's like one hundo P like a best of the worst commentary track or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you could totally get the red letter media guys to just fucking destroy that thing because it would be hilarious. But like, I mean, I'd almost be willing like as a Patreon thing, if somebody paid us to, I would sit down and watch that. That'd be the only way you'd get me to do it. Just let people decide what, what to subject us to. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, that's one of the other podcasts I listen to. That's kind of how they run one of their side things, like one of their Patreon things. And they're just like, it gives them the excuse to give their audience a ton of shit. Just be like, you guys have the worst fucking taste and stuff. And if you're doing <laughs> you this on purpose, bastards. like, you guys suck and I hate you. You know what I mean? It's just like shit on them. So like, that sounds like fun, too. So there's that. Yeah, so I think I gave my, I think I gave it a, I'll say a seven yeah. for this. I think I said that. You gave it a six. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, if you're real bored one afternoon, 
and you you really like robot chicken and like and it's not even one that i think i could recommend like people get real fucking wasted or get real high and watch it i did i got baked it was too much for me I, yeah man. i don't, like, I don't think it would be any any better it would just be yeah it'd just be too it much wasn't. or not entertaining I will assure our audience that I was high for most of watching this show and it, <laughs> and it did not help, help it at all. So, you know, there's definitely that. I can't even guarantee the audience that I'm not high right now. So <laughs> who knows? Jack yeah. And surprise. Well, it's, you know, it's Thursday night at nine 30. What, what else am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> doing a podcast. Should I not be baked? Are you not drinking? I'm not even looking at your webcam. I I've got my drinking. notes up and yes. stuff. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're drinking. I smoked a little before we got on here. Either way, it's time to move on to Geek Cred. My Geek Cred for this week is the show Counterpoint to Modoc that also mixes and blends a lot of several different genres, but much more successfully. I started watching Fargo a couple weeks ago. Ah, uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Welcome and, aboard. Welcome aboard. And, and I'm, about halfway, quality. I'm about halfway through the second season. I've been hearing a lot of good things from from Mark and from other people. Yeah, man. And, uh, and I was just looking for a new Netflix show to watch. And uh, the first season was fantastic. Martin Ooh. Freeman was really great. The whole cast was, was really good. The second season is fine it's not grabbing me as much as the first season did but i'm still enjoying it it's just weird because it's it gets it's fucking weird the second season so yeah, yeah. but yeah it, it's still enjoyable it's very well produced and pretty well written and they just get amazing cast i feel like what might have happened with the second season is that the first season was just so successful that they just had people throwing themselves like you know just just name fucking cast members throwing themselves at the production saying like put me in your fucking next season i want to be in this yeah and it's like um, everybody like you'll have like random famous people as like the janitor in a scene for like yeah. five seconds it's like what the fuck is going why is that person yeah. a janitor and then and just because they want to be in this coen brothers thing or whatever and then, and then noah holly noah holly yes. and, and his team didn't really know what to do with everybody so they're just like oh okay yeah. we'll figure something to do with you yeah but, i don't know it's so. like it's a, it's a fun dense show i just enjoy the shit out of it so like yeah yeah i'm glad you're on board that for that yeah, the nice thing is it's something i can put on like i i don't feel the need to watch it on like a big screen or like pay no, really no. close attention to it kind of thing like I've, it's been one of the things that i've just been putting on like while i'm doing dishes or making dinner or something kind of thing and it's okay like it, it sets a nice mood it's got great fucking music the fucking soundtrack is amazing oh, it, oh my god yeah. standing in it what what i like about it is that like yeah it's basically like a radio play like it's a very dialogue driven show so like you can yeah. kind of like i don't ha- like i love shows where i can just listen and kind of glance up occasionally because i'm always drawing like i'm always mm-hmm. working on something so i like that kind of show that was probably part of the problem with Modoc. Uh, in retrospect where I was like so I, you have to sit there and fucking watch it and I was like alright yeah. whereas like yeah Fargo is like a nice like I can you know I can glance back up and forth and just kind of I, I know what's going on based on like what's happening on the audio kind of side of things so mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad you're fucking watching that finally holy shit <laughs> I love that show so there's only three seasons now right so I'm about halfway yeah. through what's going yeah. on so far I'm definitely seeing the through lines between this and uh, Legion as well which was you Noah know, Holly's mm-hmm very loosely related x-men show yeah yeah it just got that dna of like off kilter which i i'm always like a fan of high ratchet tension kind of thing well i mean yeah that's why i always compare it to better call Saul because i can't think of the two shows that just like do such an amazing job of making me feel like i'm having a heart attack by watching them are basically those two shows so yeah so for me my geek cred this week i'm just you know what go watch loki it was <laughs> that first episode was so fucking good. I thought I was nuts when I was watching. And I'm like, wait, is this really this good? 
and, and then I went on like all the review sites are like, yeah, it's an out of 97 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's the most <laughs> popular thing since like the sun was invented or something like that. Tom Hiddleston basically born to play this role. Like he's oh, just yeah. so good, yeah. like so fucking good. And then like so much fun back in the back. Oh, in my the- God back in the fucking leather outfit and shit like yeah. that. The, this is fine. Ascari and leather. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. And then I, I was, I, you know what really caught me? Owen Wilson, who I have never been a particular fan of. I was like, I like him as Mobius, like kind of leading Loki by the nose a little bit to kind of like leading him to water to figure out what the fuck's going on and get him settled into this world and stuff. It was just a lot of fun. Big fucking like Matt, CGI creation of like that of their world and stuff. Oh like, yeah, that would be the, effects cool. the production design insane. on the show is fucking killing me. I'm looking forward. Like I, I watched that like in front of my computer kind of while I was eating lunch and stuff. So I didn't like wasn't fully taking it in, but I I will definitely. I mean, when I rewatch it for the podcast and take notes, and yeah. everything, I'll rewatch it like on the big TV in the basement kind yeah. of thing and really take it in. I sat down and like watched it with like all my shit on and stuff like that, and I was like, this show is. I mean, first of all, we talk about the production design a little bit. It basically looks like they loaded the fucking like Unreal Engine file for Control that was not <laughs> built in Unreal Engine, was built in a different engine. But like, it looks like the oldest house. And like, I know I've been blowing Control like crazy for like a year now, but it's so reminiscent, like that brutalist architecture with the retro posters and like, yeah, and like the like the, the wood uh, paneling and the concrete, everything. I was like, oh my god, they're in. This, the, you know what it was? It was the light grid ceiling where it's like those the, the perfectly round light fixtures yeah, yeah, yeah. that are all aligned in a perfect grid. There is a, a scene and a shot in Control that is identical to the one that they used to establish that room in Loki. And I was like, whoa, somebody really liked Control too because it looks like the same place. And I'm completely on board because that atmosphere works for the TVA or the oldest house slash uh, Federal Bureau of Control. And I'm like, this is great. I'm glad that all my weird shit's starting to like commingle. And some of this, like the fringy weird stuff, like control and like, you know, like Night Vale and stuff is starting to affect the Marvel shit. That's when things get weird and we are in for a treat. <laughs> so I'm like 100% on board for this Loki show. Get into it. Get into it. Yeah. Agreed. It's, the first episode was really good. And yeah, I, w- you will hear more from us on it, I'm sure. Oh my God. I'm sure I'll be weekly telling you how fucking good this show is. Because like, <laughs> like, what the nice thing is that it's on Wednesday. So we'll have seen it before we record generally. Because yeah. we usually record Thursday, Friday. But yeah. like, most of the time we'll have maybe seen the Friday show, but like now we'll definitely be like, Oh yeah, we watched Loki yesterday. It was fucking dope as shit yeah. again so, or whatever. <laughs> it's only six episodes, right? Like they're, they're in and out real fast with this one. It's not even as long as was Winter soldier eight. Uh, was that so, six? Yeah. yeah. I think that was, I think this one's only six though. So we'll see what happens. But like, yeah, man, I would fuck that first episode just like totally caught me. So especially that like he points to the painting of the devil and all after all the mm-hmm. Mephisto bullshit and WandaVision I was like <laughs> really guys it's almost it almost felt like it was put in there to f- like flip off the fan base and I was like I'm 100% on board with them doing that either way you got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here no I'm good perfect uh, all right everybody thank you for listening this has been episode 255 of dance robot dance god we are fast approaching five years of this horse shit and it is terrifying <laughs> if you haven't already please subscribe you can do that from any podcasting app via apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher or spotify if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week like if you loved uh modok i forgot what we watched already that's where i'm at with that <laughs> it's that it's, yeah it's not super memorable yeah it didn't really like stick with me sadly um but if you like really like modok or you agreed with us or you want to talk to us about modok in general 
absolutely hit us up. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. We're on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Tim's on Twitter at DRD underscore Tim. I am on Twitter, M underscore Willette. You can also find me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, which is where I will be posting more illustration y stuff because that's what I really do. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast dot. Oh, fuck. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, there you go. I got it out that time. Whew, boy. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, exactly. I'm Mark. Well, I've been here with Tim. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> Yesterday was Bill and Ted Day, so I'm going to say be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. 69, 69 dudes. dudes. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>